the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 2022, what have we learned? Where are we at? Good questions, right? Like we learned that it's the year of inflation. I think it's the year that we start dealing with what does a recession look like? Putting it all together, what it's like to come out of a pandemic of government-supported funds being sent out to major Americans. What did that do to the stock market? What did it do to the Bitcoin market, cryptocurrency? And we have a lot more to think about, right? We've shifted. Where we were two years ago, we are not now. So we're in a different economy, thus a different market. We have a lot higher interest rates. The borrowing costs have moved up because inflation, we got to kind of keep the inflation with the interest rates. They move somehow in tandem is the right way of saying that. Now, what's interesting about the stock market this year is it's been pretty calamitous. And for a lot of people, it's the first time they've seen that. One of the things that I like to do is to try to buy a great company probably every five years at a massive discount. Um, I'm proud of how I bought Apple 20 plus years ago. I'm proud that I held on as I've seen people let it go. So what am I looking for right now? At the stage of life that I'm in, 50 old plus, I'm looking for what's going to be like when I stop working? What's going to be like when someone younger, faster, smarter comes in? So I'm thinking about income in retirement. I've accumulated my wealth. I'm still wealth accumulating. Don't get me wrong. But now I'm starting to think, what can I do after I work? When radio and television and financial services don't want to pay me. And I get it. It'll happen. One of the best safe havens for investors can be found in what are known as dividend aristocrat stocks, which are noteworthy because of their resilience and their steady income. So again, it's dividend aristocrats. And the way to think about that is dividend royalty. They're the best of the best. They have defensive characteristics of um, some of the best things that you would want. They tend to outperform other stocks during market downturns. During 2008 market crash, for example, the S&P 500 stock market lost 37%. Keep in mind, we're only down 20% now. But the dividend aristocrats only declined 22% in 2008 versus the S&P 500 down 37%. In 2002, which was a bear market as well, when the S&P 500 dropped 22%, dividend aristocrat stocks fell less than 10%. Now, again, what we've learned in investing through all these years is past performance, not indicative of future results, right? We know that. Dividend aristocrats have limited downside. 
risk by posting smaller losses than the S&P 500. Yeah, that's true since 1990. But this could be the year that it's wrong, you know? You have to have that mentality. You can't have an assumption. Because an assumption makes an ass out of you and me. So not all dividend stocks are created equal or dividend aristocrats. During every bear market, there will be a handful of stocks that underperform the broad market. They're trading at a deep discount to their historic valuations. It's usually a very rare opportunity for investors to capture the compounding power of steadily rising dividends, but at a lower share price. So I'm going fishing this week. I'm putting together my fishing list of of what's that great stock going to be that I buy right here, right now. And some of the names are going to surprise you. For instance, Sherwin-Williams. I painted a bedroom. You know, I moved into a home a year ago. I finally got one coat of paint on a wall. Uh, Well, it's two coats in this case, but you get the idea. Sherwin-Williams, ticker symbol SHW, dividend yield of about 1%. Consecutive years of increasing their dividend, 43. They do paints like Valspar and Dutch Boy, Minwax, Krylon, HGTV. Uh, the America's group owns more than 4,800 specialty stores, mainly across North America. So you've seen Sherwin-Williams store paint stores, right? I have one in my area that I went to and I'm actually using their paint. They expanded its presence in coatings for heavy equipment this year via the acquisition of Gross and Pertham, a Germany company that generates approximately 50 million in annual sales. It's been a reliable performer. That has generated average annual growth of 11% in sales and 10% in earnings for the last five years. It is not sexy. They're not coming out. They are coming out with some pretty new, cool new products like uh, fumeless or odorless paint. But there's not a lot of innovation there. And man, let me tell you, talking about inflation, it was $50 for a gallon of cheap paint. It was $70 for premium paint or a gallon. So I swallowed and I, I hope the paint color was going to be the right match, you know? Um, the stock's off 31% this year. S- expectations that demand for paint would drop as interest rates rise and people no longer buying new homes and getting them at any price and saying, I don't have to put paint on the wall as I'm selling. They're going to have to put paint on the wall as they're buying. Sharon Williams has increased its dividend 43 years in a row. Now, that means it goes back to when, heck, I don't know, the 70s? That sound about right? Late 70s, early 80s. So I like how they keep increasing their dividend because that in theory helps keep up with inflation. The payout is very small, less than 30%, which suggests no difficulty maintaining the dividend. Now, again, right now they're only yielding about 1%. So this isn't a crazy one, but it's also going to be one that's on my list because it's underperformed. So I might be able to get a little equity pop. But I also like the consistency of the dividend. And I know for the next five years, as I'm cruising towards retirement, the 10% sales, 11% profit growth. What's another name you're asking? This has been on my list for sadly 30 years. and. It's been on my way since day one, even before day one. As an analyst, I was looking at this company, a company called Pint Air, ticker symbol PNR. It's a leading provider of water treatment solutions, including filtration products, pressure tanks, control valves, pool equipment, accessories to other products and residential, commercial customers. 
dividend yield of 1.8%. How many years in a row have they been increasing their dividend? 46. So if you're 25 years old, basically double your lifetime. Company drives out 70% of its pool-related revenues from replacement and aftermarket business. It gives them great stability. Pentair's water treatment business is benefiting from new connected digital technologies and a post-COVID recovery in industrial and food service demand. Secular trends benefiting the company include pool business. I have a pool now. Earlier in my life, I did not. As I got older, I wanted one for the kids. I guess I won't want it really after the kids leave, right? I guess I should think about that. I didn't think about that. They have a large installed user base. And people are moving towards more energy efficient pools. I bought one of their energy efficient pumps. Because the old owner had this thing that was just just sucking energy. Pentair sales rose 15% and adjusted earnings grew 5%, fueled by double-digit growth in its water treatment. Helping the company's growth will be its recently agreed upon acquisition of Manitowoc, a leading North American designer and manufacturer of ice machines that are in hospitals, food service, and grocery machines, uh, grocery markets. The shares are down 36% this year. They're trading at a PE of 12.6 times earnings which is a 32% discount to the way the shares typically traded. So those are two ideas. I might give one or two more during the show, Um, but you get the idea. I like companies that have dividend increases of 50 years in a row, or on my list is one that's 29 years, one that's 46 years of increases in a row, one that's 66 years of increases. That's a pretty consistent business model. Now, I know you're saying, Rob, you like fashion models, not business models. No, 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 no. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Need a referral to a financial planner? Find me at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I wish I was because they're interesting to say the least. Um... Elon Musk, one of the conspiracy theories around him right now is that he never really wanted Twitter. And he was using Twitter as a reason to sell Tesla shares, eight and a half billion dollars worth. So he could say, I've got the funding, see Twitter. And it was just his cool way of doing cover for selling Tesla stock. The dude can fix and land rockets. He can send rockets into space and bring them back down. That's pretty impressive. NASA's never been able to do that and reuse them. One of the biggest expenses in space. Now, one day, one of these rockets are going to blow up and we're like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. But the fact that he's figuring this out and tinkering with it is pretty cool. I said, from an engineer's perspective, and I am not an engineer. So he can land rockets safely back on Earth, but he can't fix bots. Seems a little fishy. But so that's where the conspiracy theory is that Elon Musk was only buying Twitter to hide the fact that he was selling. I don't like, I don't buy it. The only conspiracy theory I truly believe in is Bigfoot. And now you're saying, okay, okay. I was on a beach once when I was like in 10th grade and this big, hairy, abominable man was walking and strolling on the beach. And I was like, Bigfoot. And my sister cracked up laughing. So to this day, whenever we see an overly hairy man, and I have no problems with me being hairy. It's your parents' genetics and your parents' parents' genetics and your parents' 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 genetics. I'm totally fine with it. I'm not a child anymore, but I was a child then. 
and uh that's the only conspiracy theory i believe in because me and my sister laughed about look there he is we found him we probably got a picture of him too you're saying you're just mean look we have a dark sense of humor our family favorite movie was raising arizona and that's dark comedy so you can find me online at robblackshow.com it's robblackshow.com anything you want to talk about we can talk about money investing and more um amazon prime day doesn't do much for the stock that's worthy of note there'll be some how did it go how much revenue it's not a catalyst it hasn't been a catalyst up until this point so we don't expect it to be a catalyst going forward I think that's the easiest way of saying it. Um, earlier in the show, I was talking about dividend aristocrats. And this should make it in the podcast. So I can kind of keep it unified. Aristocrats are stocks that have a history of paying their dividends on a regular basis. Dividend aristocrat stocks are stocks that can be defined by 10 straight years of raising their dividend, 20 straight years of raising their dividend. In this case, to be a dividend aristocrat, it's 25 years of being in business, pulling enough cash flow to service your debt, to pay all your employees, to keep the inventory online, to live through a recession or two or three, and still raise your dividend. Apple on a regular basis has been raising their dividend for the last 10 years. I expect that to continue and they'll eventually become an aristocrat, but it takes 25 years. During a bear market, aristocrat stocks do well because we hold them. I want the income. I don't necessarily want the growth. I'll take the growth, but I want the income. Aristocrat stocks tend to do well because they have a little bit of revenue that supports the growth and income. So they can be growers in income. Again, there's four types of stocks. There's hypergrowth, there's growth, there's growth and income, and there's income stocks. I promised I went over a couple names earlier. Sherwin Williams is a name where I buy paint and they've increased their dividend for 43 straight years. It's only a 1% dividend yield. Do I think it's going to be the next Apple or the next Google? Do I think it's a four-bagger, five-bagger, 10-bagger? No. But I think they're they're consistent. And it's it's investing in the turtle, but you're not getting any world records with the turtle. Pentair, who does a lot of water filtration technology. What's wrong with our water in the world? It's dirty. It gets dirtier. How many how many stories have you seen about teeny tiny microplastics being inside your water? You're like, oh boy. Isn't water supposed to be good and safe? Nope. <clears throat> so there's some companies like Aosmeth, who you probably have not heard of. It's the largest manufacturer of water heaters, boilers, and water treatment products. It does well in the residential and commercial water. Heater markets. It's an important player in China. Approximately 75% of the company sales are in North America, though. Um, great quarter, last quarter, sales up 27%. Significant recurring replacement cycle, 80 to 85% of water heaters and boiler sales are replacement units. Um, I think we all have had a water heater go out on us. <clears throat> I've had one, and it was. Uh, our garage is flooding. Do you know where the shutoff valve is? And you quickly learn what the shutoff valve is. And if you didn't know, you're like, you start to stress because the water heater is broken and the water's coming into the garage and it's coming in fast. 
So I like the company. The shares are down 32% year to date. It trades 16 times earnings. I don't see a lot more downside because of that. It's trading at a discount to its five-year average PE multiple, which if you believe things regress or revert to the means, it could be an idea for you. Now, again, is it an idea for you? No, I don't know you. Um, but even companies like Lowe's, I could make a case for. But they've had 48 straight years increase their dividend. They have a 2.4% dividend yield. Now, again, the housing market's in upheaval. Are we buying? Are we selling? Are there low rates? Are there high rates? Are we overpaying or not? <clears throat> I could say I would buy Lowe's for the dividend, knowing that Home Depot feels more growthy. But the 2.4% dividend yield, I'm like, that's kind of nice. And in a year where it's already down 30%. So aristocrat stocks should be considered for your portfolio as you're looking to add income in retirement. They should be considered for your portfolio if you have $100,000 invested in diversified ETFs and index funds. I don't believe in picking up one stock as my investment idea. Way too many of you will send me an email or like, Here's my portfolio. The heartbreaking one was last year when a young lady, and I'm saying under 40, she's probably 35, works at CVS and she owns four stocks. And not only did she only own four stocks, she owned two stocks that were stinkers and two stocks that were great names. But she not only did she own a mix of money losers with pretty good names, but she did it on options saying basically in the next year, we expect everything to be higher, including these four names. That's not investing. Investing is saying, Rob said Stanley Black & Decker has raised their dividend for 54 straight years. They make DeWalt. They make Craftsman. They make Linux. They make Troy Built. They are famous for their Black & Decker band, uh, brands. When my kids turn 18, I will buy them a Black & Decker drill. I will buy them a toolkit. I think every kid leaving the house should have a toolkit. I know I say this because my dad bought me a toolkit. Therefore, it must be true. Target is the stock that I bought last year or this year, I'm sorry. With the idea of a, I want a dividend achiever. It yields 3%. Um, I've probably lost about 10% of value. I'm not sure of that because I don't look at prices on a daily basis. But Target encountered headwinds this year by overestimating the strength of the consumer demand, and they have way too much inventory. So they're going to go through six months of, of pretty crappy numbers. But for the long-term patient investor, it's got a 3% dividend yield. So this year, I plan to make 3% on my investment and not much else. But for 51 straight years, they've upped their dividend. Are they as attractive as Amazon? Nope. But they have a dividend that Amazon doesn't. Are they as steady as Walmart? Nope. But they got a little bit more growth than, than Walmart. Now, again, I think you should consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned on the show. If you were to buy Target today, you would actually get it at a lower price than I paid. I think that's good for you. <clears throat> I'm not trying to time the market. I'm trying to have time in the market. And I plan to own Target for, let's say I live 40 more years. I'll probably still have it. And hopefully in 40 more years, I'll be able to say they've raised their increases 91 straight years. And as I'm sitting on my deathbed, I'll, I'll mess my kids up and I'll say, Rosebud. No, I'll say, continue to own stocks that you think you can own for the rest of your life. When I bought Visa five, 10 years ago, five, seven years ago, I bought it with the intent on keeping it for the rest of my life. Now, again, that can change. Fintech can change. 
we could start saying things like, uh, kids today don't like banks. They want to use an online bank. I'm open to changing. But in the meantime, give me my dividend visa. You don't even have to grow other than you're growing because cash is trash. People don't use it as much. And people are more comfortable using you know virtual currencies of credit. There's some names on the dividend aristocrat list that I don't like. They just don't turn me on enough. And I need a little bit of steak. I need a little bit of sizzle on occasion. I don't only eat meat. Vegetables are good. Fruits are lovely. If I had to have one of the three, it's fruits the rest of my life. I love a good raspberry. But there's some names on this dividend aristocrat, aristocrat list that I'm not fond of, like T. Rowe Price. One minute. It's just not my thing. It is a investment firm. They have, over the past five years, 68% of T. Rowe's Price funds have outperformed competitor funds. 79% have outperformed over a 10-year time frame. They've got some lovely mutual funds and ETFs. It's just not my play. It's a financial stock. It's rarely been this affordable. It trades at 11 times earnings. Do I see downside for it? Nope. I just see competition potentially there. Maybe something tells me I don't like it, so I don't like it. And I'm wrong, but I'm good with that. It yields about 4.1%. It's had dividend increases for 36 years. That track record is better than I am. So think about dividend aristocrats. And if you need to Google dividend aristocrats and learn more about them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Consult a worker advisor for anything mentioned. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. So I did something kind of fun during the commercial break. I was looking at my emails and I got a letter from Social Security Administration. An email. Back in the day, they used to actually mail you a letter every year and telling you this information. If you go to ssa.gov, you will be surprised at how smart of a website they have because you probably in your head think government website. How good can it really be? And I'm with you. But the IRS website's gotten pretty good. And same thing with, so maybe it's just they've caught up to it. So I can receive benefits, which is nice. I've got the 40 work credits. Um, so let me go over my report with you. I think this is actually kind of cool. And you can look at it on the web. I just say download it once a year and put it in your Google Drive or something that people can get to in case you die. Apple's now doing a thing that lets you share more information with one person if you die. Um, so my retirement benefits, reading it through, this is what I'm on track for. Um. If I were to become disabled, my disability benefits will be $3,103 a month. And that's if I can't work right now. When I retire, if I retire at 62 years old, my social security benefits will be $2,237 a month. This is based on how much income I've paid taxes on in my life. If I wait till I'm 65, I'll earn $2,863. So Waiting from 62 to 65, it's an extra 60, it's an extra, excuse me, $600 a month. Now, you kind of have to project this and think, first and foremost, can I live off $2,800 a month in income? 
I retire at 65? And the answer is probably not. Now, if I wait till I'm 70, it's actually $4,217 a month. That's a heck of a higher benefit. But I didn't get 12 months of payments when I was 69. I didn't get 12 months of payment when I was 68. I didn't get 12 months of payments when I'm 67. So I want to wait as long as I can. And then you start figuring out what are called survivor benefits inside this chart. Where if you have a minor child, they'll get $2,369 a month. Um, if you die early, your spouse would get 31, my spouse would get $3,158. That's reasonable. I'm going to marry me, right? You're hot because you've got benefits. If you die, have another piece of bacon. What's fascinating with this, and it's all free. It's you have to give up your social security number at socialsecurity.gov. They do nice jobs of checking it. When I just signed back then. I found out that I started working in 1981. Like what? And I'm like, is that true? Because it's bracketed 1981 to 1990. But during the 10 year period, I earned $21,496. And that's kind of like, okay, okay, okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I get it. And I can see how much I've earned through the years. Like in 2006, $70,000. That's when I was starting um, ramping up the business. And because of that, you know, I was, I was making first year you start a business, you're making nothing. Second year, you're breaking even. Third year, you're making enough. But when you start figuring out your taxes you paid, um, how much earnings were taxed from Medicare, I really didn't start ramping my six digits until 2007. Now, again, there's different ways of accounting for wealth and owning homes and stuff like that. But this is a great tool and a pretty good website. And it's part of a financial planning tool. I work with a financial planner at EP Wealth, a guy named Brad. He's lovely. We're going to have a talk this week. And you know, I've been talking recently about adding some dividend aristocrat stocks to my portfolio. I do want to start planning my wealth accumulation switching over to wealth management. I could, I could tinker with this. Like if I want to retire at in March of 2034 at 65 and five months, or if I want to retire in October of 2032 and I'm getting lower benefits, not full benefits, you can play with the calculator and you can do things like include a spouse, not include a spouse. Um, when do you want the benefit to begin? How much do you want? Like, it's a pretty good mathematical tool for you to start seeing what you're going to get and not get. I want you to do it before you retire. I've got a young producer right now. And he's like, well, I'm not going to retire anytime soon. So I don't have to look at my social security benefits. And I think he should. I think you should go to ssa.gov. A, they'll email you every year if you have a permanent email address and tell you what your benefits are. And you can see if there's anything wrong. If he's making $100,000 a year in radio this year, he'll see how much he's paying, he's going to be getting when he retires at 60, 65, 70. Those are, you could do multiple choices, but those are how I kind of just even them out in my head. Um, and I think it's important for him because for me, when I look at the benefits of, full benefits of 3,379 when I turn 67, $3,379. Okay, I've got a mortgage that's that that will still be there. 
it won't be paid off because it's low cost money. I'd rather my money earn money to pay that off and not give up my equity money. But could you live off 3379? Now don't forget there's taxes involved in some states. And on that 3379, let's say I get it all. Let's say I'm not taxed. I'm magically not taxed by the United States government. I'm still going to get taxed by the state of California anytime I use that money to go buy something at the store. So at 3379, and when you factor in the city taxes of roughly 10%, I know that most of them are like nine and a half, nine and a quarter, nine and three quarters. But that 3380 bucks quickly becomes 3000 when you take away 10%. Um, and then you got to think you're going to be paying more for electricity. You got to think you're going to be paying more, but you're going to be using less, right? 30. There's some problems with this. Social security doesn't really, it's not a retirement plan. It's a supplement to your retirement plan. There's a lot going on. Check it out. SSA.gov, SSA.gov. If you haven't ever done it, I think it's pretty insightful. Check it out. I'm Rob Black. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Happy Monday, July 11. Year to date. Let's take a look at how the markets are doing. The NASDAQ's down 25% for the year, sitting at 11,635. The SP 500's down 18.1% for the year, sitting at 3899. Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 13.7%, sitting at 31,338. The Dow is considered to be a stoic index. I'm not crazy about it because the Apple they added Apple late, Microsoft late. They they tend to add tech companies after they've made these gargantuan moves. It's not my favorite index. To me, it's a, a, an index of 30 stocks that some of them I don't really care about. 30 stocks is not enough for me to like. But the S&P 500, Large cap companies, heavily weighted towards market cap. So the bigger you are, the more you count. It's down 18.1%. The bear market's 20%. So the S&P 500 got down to 20%, kissed it, made out with it, and said, you know what? I don't really like the taste of a bear. And it's staying just under that for the year, down 18.1%. Will we end up in a bear? Does the bear last one week? Does the bear last two years? We don't have answers yet. But the NASDAQ being the growthier one, being the index of those three indices that if I can only own one for the last 20 years, it's the NASDAQ because it's got growth. It's got Starbucks. It's got Microsoft. It's, it's got Apple in it, Google, Amazon, companies that I own and companies that I've, I've done well on a 10-year time frame with. But they're the big loser this year, down 25% compared to the Dow, down 13%. Which would you rather be down, 13% or 25%? Well, Sure. But which would you rather have over 10 years? And you don't get an answer. You don't get the same answer for both. Or you do get the same answer for both. You don't get to change it for it, this scenario, right? If you've never looked at a financial statement, if you've never looked at a social security statement, it's something I've said in a previous segment. Go to ssa.gov and take a look. It's called growing up. It's called adulting. If you have a Robinhood account, don't just see what your results are online. Get a paper form or a PDF. Take a look at it. Print it. See what everything it says. Take a look at your paycheck today. Adult. Since the year is halfway over, take a look to make sure your 401k 
that you've at least funded $8,000, $9,000 so far year to date. That's just my advice. It confronts your reality. Reading it makes it true. When I etched into a tree a girl's initials when I was, gosh, about nine years old, um, RB plus, uh, it was Tracy. Now I'm starting to get old because I remember it was Tracy, but I don't remember her last name anymore. So RB plus TS, like it made it real. I never showed it to her. I wasn't that crazy. Look, I've, I've pledged my eternal love for you. She calls 911. No, thank you. But at least I didn't keep it in my heart and never think it, you know, I never got it further out there. So some things to know on top of the market performance this year, a Twitter exec told employees the company will be okay after Elon Musk backed out of his agreement to buy Twitter. An internal memo shows an executive telling employees, some of whom had already taken to social media to express glee or relief. That's right. Elon Musk on Friday sent a letter to Twitter's board saying he's decided to terminate the $44 billion deal. He has no intention of paying the $1 million uh, breakup fee for backing out. That's going to court. Or he's going to say, why don't you just lower the price by 20% and we'll, I'll do it and we'll all be happy. So on Friday, Musk sends a letter to Twitter saying, I'm out. I don't think anyone, I think he got buyer's remorse very quickly. I think he likes being on Twitter. I don't think he wants to run Twitter. Musk flew to Sun Valley, Idaho to attend the exclusive Allen and Company conference. Musk notably skirted the conversation about the breakup with Twitter. Twitter has since hired one of the world's best law firms to sue Musk and executives are trying to quell employees' concerns. Here's the bottom line here. He agreed to buy Twitter basically sight unseen. You know how someone in your neighborhood bought a house and they're like, yes, we don't need any closing. We don't need to see if there's rats in the house or termites. If there's, if there's nuclear radiation in the basement, we'll take it. So he, he agreed to that. And then instantly he gets cold feet. He says, I think there's more than 5% bots. I need to see information on the bots. But you said you didn't have to see anything. And in the past, he's, he's made jokes about how many bots there are. So he knows that there's a bot problem. But when you add on top of this, the fact that he agreed to a billion-dollar breakup fee, that seems enforceable. If not, the whole deal is enforceable. Is it going to go to a Delaware court? What will a judge think of Elon Musk playing games? Here's what I hate. I started this rant on Twitter talking about how an executive told employees the company will be okay. He's messing with real people with real jobs. And to him, it's a whim. And I don't like it. That bothers me enormously. Um, Don't get in the way of my ability to earn income for my family. Never, please. Gmail users could soon see political emails in their inboxes. Google has asked federal regulators to okay a plan letting political committees avoid spam filters. But officials are giving users a little time to express their feelings on it. Oh, I say this jokingly, but I will vote for you if your campaign is like, I will exterminate all spam bots. I will exterminate all spam. You report spam, we will put that person out of their misery. Like that's how, like my email box is junked up. And I actively work it to try to keep it clean. 
DoorDash is, oh, no, I won't tell you that one. DoorDash is closing its robotics company, Chowbotics. I know you're saying they had a robotics company called Chowbotics. Who knew? What did they do? Um, If you've ever been in Palo Alto, it's one of the funniest cities in America. Because you may be outside on a patio for lunch and it's lovely. The weather's great. And you're seeing all these young college kids and venture capitalists and super wealthy, rich soccer moms and super wealthy, rich VCs who are wearing their little sweater vests. And you'll see like a little robot driving down the road and it's delivering food. That's what a Chewbotic is. So Uber DoorDash is saying, we don't, we, we, it's too much money. We're not figuring this out. Person on a bicycle is just as good as a robot. Uber says that it's got a tactic known as a kill switch to block company data during police raids. That's kind of interesting. But keep in mind, Uber works in more countries than just the United States. And in some countries, maybe even including the United States, but I'm not saying this. A lot of people don't trust the police. One minute. Next up, SoftBank-backed startup Remote is cutting 10% of its staff. Remote, an onboarding startup valued at nearly $3 billion is being told to cut 10% of its staff. Focus on sustainable growth. They've laid off nearly 100 workers. This is a good sign. I know it sounds like I'm saying, wait, wait, you don't like Twitter employees being messed with. What, what? Well, if you want to get through this economic problem, you have to cut some of the fluff. We're going to have to lose jobs. Not all job could be cool, like remote. Um, so remote's cutting 10% of their staff. I think that's actually a good sign, not a bad sign. We need to see some job layoffs and see some earnings expectations come a little lower. Stay with me. We got more show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.